This episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast is brought to you by Rich's Billiards. 5815 Weber, not your average heroes, the legend continues, and sponsored by Emo Night. Check out the return of Emo Night live Saturday night, September 18th at Rich's Billiards. Check out one of the most awesome live performances and the most insane DJing you'll ever see in your life, whether it's metal, um metalcore or whatever type of alternative or punk that you like emo night will provide it for you and much more so check out emo night live as it happens saturday night on september 18th at rich's billiards welcome to another episode of the main event talk podcast i am the main event player to supersede the god among gods the king among kings the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking god's green earth and guys we are a couple of days away from all out and the main event's going to be doing you know, going to give you some, uh, you know, deals on, well, not some deals, but give you some info what's going on with some of the matches that are going to happen at All Out that's going to be happening live this Sunday on uh, September 5th. Uh, we are in September right now, and as a matter of fact, as this episode's being recorded, this is being released on Friday, and just to give everyone a heads up, there is going to be an episode that's going to happen on Saturday. Now, even though this episode's released on Friday, there is going to be an episode of the Main Event Talk podcast that's going to happen on Saturday, which will talk about the all-out event. Everything from CM Punk taking on Darby Allin to the final match, or the final fight, if you will, between MJF and Chris Jericho, and so much more. And no doubt there'll be a lot of changes that will happen at the all-out pay-per-view coming up this Sunday on pay-per-view and not only that there's a couple of things that uh, we need to call, uh, cover here and it happened last weekend and i must apologize for not covering it but i'm gonna make up for it right here right now this past saturday um the nwa 73 happened on sunday uh it took place uh, just last weekend and also on that same weekend was uh, Saturday night's uh, Saturday night's NWA's Empowered All Women's Pay Per View, featuring all the women of professional wrestling, and all this was produced by former WWE superstar Mickey James, and she did an extremely great job with this. So uh, the main event's going to be talking about that and everything else like that, and also in this episode, and I want to leave this at the very very end of the show. Because uh, apparently something had happened. As you're receiving this episode, this episode's happening on a Friday, but I found out about some news that happened uh, <clears throat> in regards to uh, uh, some of you may have heard of the name uh, Tiffany Unger. Ugner, I think that's what her name is. Uh, she had passed away at the age of 46, but the funny thing was she was still alive. And um, I'll get I'll get into that information and so much more. Before we get into this, obviously we missed the music, and obviously we haven't had an opportunity to play some music. And I want to give a big shout out to my good friend Chris Cole, and to all of the members of Adema. As most of you guys know, Adema had released a song, um, and I'm looking at the date here quite well. It happened right around uh, the weekend of SummerSlam, and I never had an opportunity to play this song, but now I get an opportunity to play it for you right here, right now. If you guys are a huge fan of Adema, you know that they did a couple of songs a long time ago. Song Songs like The Way I Like It, uh, I Give In, uh, I think it's called Give In, right? And one of my all-time favorites, uh, uh, One Is Unstable, another uh, Do You Hear Me, and so much more. 
They released this song uh, on YouTube on the weekend of WrestleMania, on the weekend of SummerSlam, I'm sorry. And if you guys not have not had an opportunity to hear it, hear it on YouTube, hear it on Spotify, but you can get a chance to hear it right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. This is Adema with a song called Ready to Die.
That was Adema doing the song called Ready to Die. The song premiered uh, from SummerSlam weekend. Uh, I believe it was Friday, August 20th when it happened. Uh, I've been a huge fan of Adema for so many years. Um, Adema has actually performed over at Richard's Billiards uh, several years ago. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was around 2020, uh, 2010, I'm sorry. Um, I was there, when I heard the word that Edema was coming to, uh, at the time it was Theo's a long time ago, I wanted to be a part of it, and I think on that same night, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember if, um, I, I'm gonna say the Periwinkle Massacre, I think, played on that show also, uh, I, I think they did, but, um, it was an amazing show, um, had a chance to meet the members of Edema, at that time, it was just four members, Mark Chavez, I believe, was supposed to have been a part of the show, he didn't show up, and it was just the members of Edema themselves who, uh, they went out, they, they did what they could and everything, uh, met with them in 2010, I actually met, met with them again, I think, two 2000, I think 12 over at Zeros, I think, and it was good to see Chris, uh, Chris and I were, Chris and I have been friends, I think, since 2010, to be exact, and we've been friends, um, on Facebook, back and forth and everything, uh, you know, he's a huge fan of MMA, and obviously he's a huge wrestling fan in his own right, and, uh, I, lo I love his drumming, I think he's one of the best drummers going today, and I know, I know, I, I know John Luna's gonna be like, hey, wait a minute, Furman, I'm supposed to be the best drummer on the planet, yes, you are, you are, John Luna, you're, you're the best drummer on the planet right now, but I would like to put you in a drum-off against Chris Cole of Edema, and see how that shit <laughs> but anyways, big shout out to Adima and big shout out. Great song. Ready to Die is a song. If you guys want to get an opportunity to listen to that song, all you got to do is go over to YouTube. See the video if you have a chance. See the video and also see the song on Spotify, on Pandora, on Google Play, or wherever it is you find your favorite music. It's a great song. I love it. Um, this is, uh, I can't say it's classic edema, but it's, it's pretty much there. I've been listening, I've been paying attention lately to some of edema's music, and I'm not talking about the first two albums that happened. You know, the, the, the self-titled album, Edema, and then the other one, which was Unstable. And then, of course, there was another one that came out, uh, Insomnia Dreams. I think you remember that one. That one has a song, Immortal, that comes off the Mortal Kombat game from years ago, if you remember that. But uh, I've been listening to, um, I listen to Planets. Planets is a good album. Dig that. Killing the Headlights was definitely one of my all-time favorite albums especially with several of the songs in there days go by the losers um what i'm, I'm trying to um so a jaded i think that was a song and uh, another one was um what doesn't kill us i think that's what the as a matter of fact they did play that song live at rich's billiard so uh like i said before get a chance to listen to edema while you can on YouTube, YouTube Red, Spotify, or wherever it is you find your favorite music. Congratulations to Chris Cole and to the rest of the members of Edema. And hopefully you guys will, hopefully we'll get a chance to hear some new stuff from Edema very, very soon. I know you guys are on tour right now. And uh, Chris, if you get an opportunity, go to Richard's Billiards. Call them. I'll, I'll, I don't care if I have to send you a message or anything else like that. Have you talked to Richard and... See about getting a demon to come back over to Richard's Billiards. It'd be great to see a demon again here in Corpus Christi once again. Okay. 
Uh, guys, we got a lot of wrestling we got to talk about, obviously, and we got some stuff that uh, that we missed, and uh, and I must apologize for that because I had an exhausting uh, WrestleMania weekend or SummerSlam weekend to be exact. And uh, last week I was going to try and at least just get by with it, but then all of a sudden, uh, um, I thought that this week was going to be the week when we saw the uh, the M- the NWA empowered pay-per-view which was the the all women's pay-per-view which did take place i managed to see some of the pay-per-view when it came out but then i saw the rest uh i guess it was released on youtube i don't know if it's still there or not i'll be surprised if very if it very well is but i want to go ahead and give you the results here it was a this was a great pay-per-view now Will this pay-per-view be like a draw, like uh, Evolution? You know, like what uh, WWE did years ago. And you have to you have to understand something. There's a lot of of women's pay-per-views and women's um, uh, a show that featured all women. And this is not just a. If you think this is the first, obviously it's the first one for the NWA to do that. But the WWE has done one. I believe TNA Wrestling did one as well. If I'm not mistaken, I think Ring of Honor did one as well. And as also, as a matter of fact, if you go to, if you guys have the Tubi app, there's a, um, I believe there is something called Women of Wrestling on Tubi. I, I had a chance to check it out, and it had. Some wrestlers that I I know quite well, Mercedes Martinez was one of them. Um, I think the Bunny was one of them also, and there were several others that I was checking out. These these were some indie promotions that I was looking at from. Uh, I think when, when did I check this out? I think it was a couple of months back because uh, I was interested. I was interested in seeing these women compete because there were some that I know quite well, like like Ember Moon, for example, because I saw her on there as well. I think, like I said, I mentioned Mercedes Martinez was in there. I think I saw, not Rhea Ripley, who was it? Uh, somebody was on there that uh, that looked extremely familiar. I don't know if it was for TNA or AEW or one of them. Actually, I think it was for AEW. I think it was um, not Anna J or Ty Conte. It was somebody. But anyways, um, the Empowered Pay-Per-View took place on uh, Saturday night. Uh, I believe it was August the twenty seventh. I think that's what it was. Was it? Let me let me check the date because I think it was the twenty seventh and the twenty eighth is when it when it all took place. Uh, July says here July thirteenth, twenty twenty one was when the press conference took place. And okay, yeah, that's when the press conference took place. And the date of it was actually. Um, Okay, it was August twenty eighth. <clears throat> August twenty eighth was the was the empowered pay per view, and August 29th was NWA seventy three, which we we will also talk about in just a moment. But let me give you the results of some of these matches that happened. <clears throat> there was a um, a singles match, uh, Paula Blaze with Taryn Terrell in her corner. I know who Taryn Terrell is taking on Kinsey Page, who I also know. Uh, the winner of that match was uh, Paula Blaze. She defeated uh, Kinsey Page in a singles match. And these two I know quite well. Uh, Sky Blue, who represents the NWA. And Chrissy James. 
that name is very uh, very familiar, especially over in the San Antonio area. I believe she wrestled in uh, RCW, if I remember serves me correctly. And I'm going to say she wrestled in AEW as well. I don't think she, she works for the promotion, but I, I think she... Um, you know, wrestled there as well, and I'm trying to remember if she were if she wrestled an Impact as well. I think she did that, but anyways, um, <clears throat> Sky Blue defeated Christy James in a singles match. It was a great match, by the way. Now, there was also a triple threat match: uh, Kylie Ray and Chick Tormenta from the AAA promotion, and from AEW uh, Diamante. Uh, the winner of that matchup and the triple threat match was Diamante. So a big win for AEW on that one right there. And also the finals, uh, I believe it was the semifinals for the uh, for the the chance to compete for the NWA Women's World Tag Team Championships. The Hex, Allison K and Marty Bell would face off against a team of Hell on Heels, Renee Michelle and uh, Sahara Seven. Uh, the winner of that match was The Hex, um, Allison Kay and Marty Bell. And, uh, you know, I, I picked them to win this matchup simply because uh, they've both been champions in their own right. Um, they are veterans. Uh, they know what to do in the ring, and I can, you know, see how that, that shit goes. Uh, they move on to the finals, and the next semifinals... Uh, feature the team of AEW's Red Velvet and Kai um, Killin Killin King. I think that's what her name is. Against the and oh, I found I found this extremely funny, but also I I I can see the resemblance. You remember the days of the fabulous Freebirds from a long time ago, right? Now, all of a sudden, we got the Free Babes. Yeah. The Free Babes being Jazzy Yang, who is the daughter of Jimmy Wang Yang, if anybody remembers that name quite well. And Murdy, uh, Miranda Gordy, who is also the daughter of Bam Bam Terry Gordy. And, man, I'm, I, I, I see the resemblance. I see the resemblance all the way. And that one. But the winner of the matchup was AEW's own Red Velvet and Killian King. They win their match. They go on to the tournament, right? And they face off against the Hex. Um, and the winner, uh, the Hex versus Red Velvet and Killian King. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. Deanna Perrazzo had a match against Melina Perez, who you know quite well as Melina, former women's champion in her own right. Uh, Diana Perrazzo defeated Molina by submission. And I got to say, uh, Diana Perrazzo is looking impressive. She has been undefeated for almost a year now, holding on to the Knockouts Championship. And there hasn't been any woman yet to beat her for that championship, except for Mickey James, which I have this strange feeling that Mickey James and Diana Perrazzo are going to be having a match together real soon possibly a bound for glory but we'll see what happens there so expect that to happen congratulations to Deanna Perrazzo for defeating Molina by submission and the tournament to decide who will be the next NWA World Women's Tag Team Champions the Hex taking on Red Velvet and Killian King 
The winner of the match was The Hex, Allison K, and Marty Bell. Now the first time NWA World Women's Tag Team Champions. Congratulations go out to them for becoming the inaugural NWA World Women's Tag Team Champions. Big moment for them. Um, bringing women's tag team wrestling up to speed. So, man, this is going to be a very, very tough team to beat. <clears throat> and speaking of tough... Camille, the NWA World Women's Champion, defending her championship against representing AEW Layla Hirsch. Um, I saw this match, and um, all I I can say is, with all due respect to Layla Hirsch, because we know she's an amateur wrestler, Uh, she's from Russia, and she's a great wrestler, there's just one problem with her and I think most people see it and and I'm not gonna I'm not, I'm not gonna touch on it I'm not gonna touch on it but just look at Camille and look at Layla Hirsch and think about this you got a woman the size of Camille who is about what six feet tall six six foot five blonde haired gorgeous and all Holding on to a championship. She's, I got to admit, she's a little bit inexperienced, but she's getting there. She's getting there. She's a tremendous wrestler. I wouldn't put anything past her. Layla Hirsch, on the other hand, a tremendous wrestler. Uh, you know, has an amateur, ba- uh, amateur background in amateur wrestling, obviously. But the size difference. Uh, she's, she's about, what, five foot eight? Almost my size, if I remember. Well, actually, I'd probably be a lot taller than her, but that's just me talking. But anyways, the winner of the match and still the NWA Women's World Champion, uh, Camille, defeating Layla Hirsch in the middle of the ring. And of course, um, the final match was an NWA Women's Invitational Cup uh, gauntlet which featured several of the women, and I don't know who was involved, and let me see. There were several women that were involved in the matchup here. Uh, let me see if we can find the women, and because there was a list of the women that were involved in this match. Uh, I don't think they gave the list here. No, they didn't. Uh, actually, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yes, okay, here are the participants in the match. Um... Obviously, <clears throat> obviously, Chelsea Green was one. Kira Hogan, Thunder Kitty, uh, th- Thunder. By the way, Thunder Kitty, <clears throat> and and I need to do my research on this one because Thunder Kitty is an is a very old wrestler. All right, she doesn't look old, which I I find that extremely funny, and you know what's even. Well, it's not really funny, but you know what's crazy? Thunder Kitty, and like I said, I need to do my research on this woman. Supposedly, she's somewhere around 104 years old. And she's competing in the fucking ring. Are you kidding me? My God. God, this woman, and, and no, and, and, and I say this, I mean, they say she's a hundred and something years old. No way. She looks like she's 70, 80 years old. Are you fucking kidding me? Anyways, Thunder Kitty. And then he had, um, Masha Savitovich. And, and I kid you not when I say this, Masha Slamovich, Slamovich, 
who's supposed to be like a women's headbanger, you know, and, and so, Slamovich. It kind of gives it away right there. Anyways, uh, genocide was involved. Uh, Santina Morella's daughter was involved. Uh, Bianca Carelli. Uh, uh, Bianca Carelli, I think that's her name. Um, Debbie Malenko, who is also the... the um, I'm thinking that's the... I don't know if that's the daughter of Dean Malenko. Or if that's the... the the sister I'm, I'm trying Debbie Malenko sounds extremely familiar to me but like I said I'll have to do my research on there of course uh, Chelsea Green was involved um, Jamie Sinegal was involved Tootie Lynn was involved and Lady Frost was involved in this gauntlet so who won the match the winner of the NWA Women's Invitational Cup gauntlet was Chelsea Green, and she will have an opportunity at the NWA Women's Champion Camille the following night on NWA 73. So uh, the the event was tremendous. Uh, I love the women in all these matches. Some that are extremely familiar, and some that are I'm getting a chance to know for the first time. So. Uh, hats off to the NWA. Hats off to Mickey James for um, for NWA Empowered. I think it was a great event. I hope we see something like this very very soon. But and and like I said, and 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 I don't want to cut down on Mickey James in any way possible. But there's there's kind of a reason why they haven't done an Evolution two, you know. And even though WWE could capitalize on an all women's pay per view again if they wanted to, I I just don't think they can. And they don't want to for, I guess, marketing reasons. And not that women cannot marquee wrestling. They can if the if the promoters can get behind it. And more importantly, if the fans get behind it. And most of the fans can get behind something like this. But unfortunately, I think if WWE were to do it, they would get behind it in a heartbeat. If, if the AEW were to do it, number one, the fans would get behind that completely. And, and then number two, Tony Khan and Kenny Omega, especially Kenny Omega, would fuck this up so bad. Especially when you add a bunch of Japanese women that nobody gives a fuck about. But that's just me talking. That's just me talking. But anyways, um, kudos to the NWA Empowered. Kudos to them for doing a successful job. And you know, hopefully we do, do this again next year. Now, speaking of what was about to take place next year... Let's talk about the NWA 73. Um, had a chance to look at the preview show. Did did get a chance to see the entire pay-per-view this time. Uh, there were certain people I didn't get a chance to look at, but uh, I didn't see the first and second match. But from the looks of it, I think the first two matches were, I believe, on the countdown show, and then the rest was strictly on the pay-per-view. There were 10 matches that took place on the NWA 73 that happened on Sunday, August 29th. So, the first matchup is a tag team match, or six-man, six-women. It says, it says six-man tag team match, but yet you get it's a six-woman tag team match. Put that together, goddammit. Wikipedia. Anyways, Lady Frost and the Hex who won the NWA Women's World Tag Team titles, took on the team of Genocide, uh, Paolo, Paola Mayfield, and Taryn Terrell. Uh, 
Winner of the match was Lady Frost and the Hex. And they defeated Taryn Terrell, Genocide, and whoever this other fucker is that I can't pronounce correctly. <laughs> Another matchup right here, PJ Havoc, or PJ Hawks, taking on Colby Carino, who is also the son of former NWA world champion Steven Carino, which I kind of find it funny that that, I mean, I, and I got nothing against Steven Carino now. I just had something against him years ago. I, he kind of looked like a bad version of Adam Cole, if you will. <laughs> but we'll talk about that later on. Anyways, PJ Hawks defeated Colby Carino in the middle of the ring. And then this is where I saw the matchup. It was a triple threat match. A brawl in Lou Brawl in the Lou match. I think that's what it's called. Uh Timmy Tim Storm defeated um Tom Thatcher and Crimson in the match right there. And a one-on-one match, Mickey James took on Kylie Ray. Winner of the match, Mickey James defeating Kylie Ray. And right after the match, she got attacked by Deanna Perrazzo. And no doubt, like I said before, we're going to see Mickey James and we're going to see Deanna Perrazzo compete for the Impact Wrestling uh, Knockouts Championship, possibly at Bound for Glory. We're in September and Bound for Glory is going to take place in October. So expect that to happen real, real soon. Okay, another, uh, another matchup. And this is for the NWA National Championship. Chris Adonis, who most of you know quite well as Chris Masters, take on the Cowboy James Storm, the winner of the match, and still the North, uh, the um, national champion, Chris Adonis, defeating the former national champion, the Cowboy James Storm. This one had a um, a battle royal to determine the number one contender for the NWA National Championship. Uh, let me see. Uh, uh, obviously, I see who the winner is, but there were some people that were... Uh, let me see if we can find out the list of people that were involved in the match. Uh, I don't think... Um, was there a list? No, I don't think there was a list, was there? Let's see. Okay, I'm trying to look for the list of people that were involved. Obviously, they show the... They show the 78 show here, but let's see. No, they didn't show it. Oh, fuck. Oh, well. Well, I tried, but anyways, um, the winner of the... Let me just go ahead and get it out of the way. Uh, the winner of the match uh, was a man by the name of Judas... Judah... Judah... It's Judas, or Judaside, or Ju... What the fuck his name is? I know that his manager is Father James Mitchell, so that could kind of give everything out of the way and uh he, he eliminated uh all 10 or 20 competitors or 20 competitors i believe and uh, jtg is one of them so <clears throat> that was what happened right there now for the um for the nwa women's world championship okay uh camille who had a very successful title defense against layla hirsch and now she gets an opportunity to go one-on-one against the winner of the Women's Invitational Cup, Chelsea Green. And in this match, um, uh, my my money was on Camille, obviously. I mean, as much as I'd love to see 
uh, Chelsea Green become the champion. I don't think she stands a chance against Camille. And Camille pretty much uh, proved why she is the NWA Women's World Champion. Still the champion, Camille defeating Chelsea Green. Now, this one... For the NWA World Tag Team titles, Aaron Stevens and J.R. Kratos taking on the team of La Rebellion with uh, Bestia666 and Mitchell Wolf450. Uh, and in their corner was none other than legendary Mexican wrestler Conan, who was there. And uh, as a matter of fact, I believe... And if I and I think I saw this on the Gulf Coast Wrestling Alliance uh, page, where I think they have wrestled over here in Corpus Christi for the Gulf Coast Wrestling Alliance, and, and I've never seen them, but I've I heard the names many many times and everything, so I got an idea. So your winner and new NWA World Tag Team Champions La, La Rebellion defeating the team of Aaron Stevens and Kratos. That's what took place. Congratulations go out to Rebellion and Conan for becoming the first, I believe they're the first Latino tag team to hold the NWA tag team titles. So that's uh, that's pretty good. I, I like, um, I'm glad they won the tag team title. So big congratulations go out to them. In every way possible, and of course, the main event was for the NWA uh, NWA World Heavyweight Championship title versus career. The champion, Nick Aldis, the national treasure, defending his championship against Trevor Murdoch. And if Trevor Murdoch loses, his career will be over. And uh, there was one thing that I left out, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, and just to go ahead and get the winner out of the way. And, and I didn't think it was going to happen. Nick Aldis has held on to the championship for over 1,044 days as champion. That's a lot longer than, than Walter, who held on to his championship for 870 70 days. So, your winner and new NWA World Heavyweight Champion, dedicated to Harley Race... Trevor Murdoch defeating Nick Aldis for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship for the first time. Big congratulations go out to him. And also a major appearance by the former NWA World Heavyweight Champion who walked into St. Louis and it was good to see the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Yes, the Nature Boy Ric Flair appeared at NWA 73, basically coming home to the chase and everything. He expressed his thank yous. He expressed his love for Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Vince McMahon, The Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and the whole nine yards. Great, great speech. If you guys have not heard the speech, go over to YouTube and look for NWA73 and look for the promo with Ric Flair on it. You'll see what I'm talking about and everything. <clears throat> NWA73 was amazing. I love the show. It was great professional wrestling. As only you can imagine. I know some people are going to probably tell me it's probably not as good as AEW All Out. Well, it's professional wrestling. So let's stick to that if you don't mind. So congratulations go out to Billy Corgan and congratulations go out to the NWA for producing NWA 73, a great wrestling show. And if you guys have not had an opportunity to check out NWA 73 or NWA Empowered, you'll be able to get a chance to see that on YouTube. It's probably available there or it's probably available on demand on Fight TV. Get a chance to check it out while you can. 
Okay, we're we're kind of closing in on some time here and everything, and we got to get this out of the way. So, as I mentioned earlier, we're not going to talk about. We're, obviously, we're going to talk about the all-out event that's going to happen uh, this coming Saturday. But we're gonna. I'm going to give you my full report on the next episode of the May Vet Talk podcast. But this is what to expect at. Um, at All Out coming up this Saturday, live as it happens on pay-per-view. It should be a tremendous. It's going to happen on Labor Day weekend, so that's going to be great too. So let's check it out here. All Out happening live Sunday, September 5th over in Chicago. These are the matches that are going to take place over here. A 10-man tag team matchup. On one side, you got Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, uh, Wheeler, Utah, and the members of Jurassic Express with Marco Stunt taking on the team of HFO, which is Hardy Foundation Overlord, whatever the fuck that means. Matt Hardy, Private Party, Isaiah Swerve's got, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Matt Hardy, Private Party, and um, who's the other two? TH2. Who the fuck? The, oh, a- Angelo. Okay. Let me try this one more time because we can't get this correctly here. On one side, you got Orange Cassidy. Ugh. Chuck Taylor, Wheeler, Utah, and Jurassic Express, that's five, taking on Matt Hardy, the members of Private Party, and the members of TH2, which is Angelico and Jack Evans. That's five. Five on five, folks. That's how it goes and everything else like that. The 21 Women Casino Battle Royale for an AEW Women's World Championship match. It's going to feature, and these are the women that are going to be participating in this and everything else like that. Nyla Rose, Thunder Rosa, The Bunny, Big Swole, Julia Hart, Ty Conte, Diamante, Penelope Ford, who almost looks like, you know, Scarlet, Red Velvet, Hikaru Shida, Emi Sakura, Jane Cardhill, Jade Cardhill, to be exact, uh, Kira Hogan, Abaddon, Layla Hirsch, who we just talked about, Killing King, Rebel, Jamie Hayter, Anna J, Riho versus one more woman, and that one woman. We've been hearing a lot of rumors about this, and this is pure speculation at this point. Possibility of the former, the former. Riot Squad member Ruby Riot, who's now gonna, now going to be known as Ruby Soto, could possibly be a part of this event. I'll be talking about that in the next episode of the Main Event Talk podcast when we talk about the All Out event. This matchup right here is going to be a classic right here. Hector Juarez, aka John Moxley. <laughs> it's John Moxley going one on one against New Japan legend. Uh, Satoshi Kajuma. I think that I, I heard the name, but I can't pronounce the fucking shit correctly. Uh, here, here's a matchup of great proportions, and it's gonna be epic. It's gonna be tremendous. It's probably gonna end in ten seconds. Paul White, the man known as the Big Show, taking on QT Marshall. Next match, Chris Jericho going one on one against MJF, and if. Chris Jericho loses. He must retire from in-ring competition. Oh, my fucking God. We'll talk about that and so much more. The TNT Championship will be decided as Miro goes one-on-one against Eddie Kingston. 
interesting. The steel cage match for the ADW for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, with Brandon Cutlet in this corner, taking on the Lucha Brothers of Penta Zero and Ray Phoenix. And you know what? You know what? I'll save this for the next episode. You'll know what it is. It's so much more. Dr. Britt Baker going one-on-one against Chris Statlander for the AEW Women's Championship. Should be a tremendous matchup right there. Now, these two matches we will talk about in the next episode. One, I could give two shits of a flying fuck, and the other, everyone is looking forward to checking it out and so much more. The one I'm talking about, everyone is looking forward to the return of CM Punk for the first time since 2014. Yes, 2014, the Royal Rumble was the last appearance of CM Punk of entering into a wrestling ring, and he's going to be returning to take on... The ever-popular Darby Allen should be tremendous. I cannot wait to check that out. And then we got this match. I don't mind one person in this match, but the other one, I wish he'd just lose the title right away. I'm talking about the supposed AEW World Champion, Kenny Omega, defending his championship against the Impact Wrestling World Champion, Christian Cage. Christian Cage has already had a win over Kenny Omega Will he do it again one more time at All Out happening live this Sunday on pay-per-view? It's All Out taking place over at the Now in Chicago, Illinois. It's going to be an epic night on Labor Day weekend. I hope you guys get an opportunity to check it out live on pay-per-view while it happens. Okay. Um, Guys, before we get into this, and um, I kind of want to save this part for last here. Um, before we go ahead, and we're we're not at the end of the show yet, but I want to go ahead and get this last part of the way because it's something that um, it's something that's been out there and it's been talked about. But before I'm going to go ahead and end the show right here, right now, um, with saying this: uh, you can follow the main event on Twitter at twitter.com/slash at main event player. You can also follow me on Instagram at instagram.com/slash at main event player. Uh, I'm still on Facebook jail, but I got about 60 days left. Until I go back to my main event talk Facebook page and we start shaking up the wrestling world once again. Be ready for that. You can still like the main event talk Facebook page at facebook.com slash at real main event talk. And if you want to become my friend, and it's and you know, it's so funny that I've been getting all these friend requests on my main event talk podcast. Uh, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm getting all of these friend requests on my Facebook page and none of them are real. I swear to God, none of them are real. And you ever you, you get the, you get all these friend requests. They all look like women, obviously, but they have the strangest names. I've never heard of these names, and I'd like to repeat them if I could. You know, if I get an opportunity to look at my Facebook. But we'll discuss that at the next episode. We'll discuss that at the next episode. But anyways, as always, if you want a friend request the main event on Facebook. As I always say, proceed at your own risk. That's all I can tell you. Go to Spotify, go over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever it is you find your favorite podcast to subscribe to the Main Event Talk for all of your latest info and anything that goes on in professional wrestling and so much more. Now, this would be the part where I'll go ahead and say 
Why? Because I can and I want to. Any questions? Enough said. Then I come up with some of the line and I can't come up with right with it right now because of the thing I need to talk about next. Okay. Um before before I tell you about the subject, uh before I tell you exactly what's uh, what's about to happen here because as you're hearing this, uh, this took place um, possibly about a few hours ago, um, and I kind of want to give you my inside scoop on this, and this is something that I was not expecting. But before, before I give you my inside uh, deal and everything, I went over to the Wrestling Observer Live uh, with um, Brian Alvarez and Mike Cipravini. I saw this on YouTube, and uh, once you listen to this, I think you'll get an idea of what I'm talking about. So let's listen to uh, the Wrestling Observer with Brian Alvarez and Mike Super. Well, Mike Supervini's there, but he's not really talking in this one. But uh, you'll get an idea of what this is all about. Mike Sempervivi is not here right now. Yes, Mike? Say something. And now uh, your mic's not working. I'll uh, attempt to uh, fix this probably during the next break. What a way to begin the day here today. Anyway, we uh, talked before the first break about the passing of Daphne Unger, Shannon Spruill. And uh, as noted in, I believe, uh, 2009, somewhere around there, she went to World Championship Wrestling. And uh, it was one disaster after another, including a very famous match. It was a it was a dark match, I believe, with uh, a wrestler known as Rosie Lotta Love, who was large. And I don't even know everything that happened in that match, but I mean, Daphne just was physically destroyed. I believe there was a uh, like a crushed sternum and a neck injury and a concussion. And I believe she was back in the ring a month later. And I don't know how many concussions she got working for TNA, but she did uh, file a lawsuit uh, to cover her medical bills for injuries she suffered during her time with the company, including multiple concussions. And uh, sometimes you see these these uh, lawsuits. Uh, there have been several against WWE, like the concussion lawsuits. And, you know... These are lawsuits that are filed years later, and oftentimes individuals involved... I'm not saying everybody, okay? But if you look through the list of names, it's like, you know, this person was in professional wrestling for 35 years, and they had six months in WWE, and they're part of this lawsuit. And it's like, I mean, come on. I don't doubt at all that you had some sort of of you may you may have very serious CTE but to blame WWE for that when you had 6 months of your career in the company and you had 30 years all over the world everywhere i mean that's it's difficult to to and that there's a reason many of these lawsuits have been thrown out although a lot of them were thrown out for the wrong reason which is uh i forget the term but you you have to file the lawsuit within X number of years from when you suffered the injury. But with, with CTE, I mean, you could have suffered multiple concussions in ECW in the 90s. And that doesn't manifest until, you know, years and years and years later. But then you're not allowed to sue. Anyway, it's a very complicated situation. But in the case of Daphne, 
I mean, even when the another thing about those WWE lawsuits is sometimes people there's a class action lawsuit and they want to be involved, but they can't necessarily point to any one instance where horrible things happen to them in WWE. If you're a Kurt Angle, for example, or a Mick Foley, I mean, you can point to Mick Foley got thrown off the top of a cage. He was clearly, his tooth is gone. Uh, then he goes back in, he gets chokeslammed through the top of the cage. The match keeps going. Or or when Kurt Angle took, um, I think when him and Triple H were doing the, the pedigree, the table broke early. Kurt Angle is knocked unconscious, but then they still get back in the ring and go 20 more minutes. When you can point to a specific example, that's one thing. When you can't point to a specific example, and you were just in the company for whatever, I mean, that's different. With Daphne, you can absolutely, positively, specifically point to examples during her TNA run where she suffered serious injuries... And then she ended up either continuing to wrestle, getting back into the ring quickly. So I don't know what exactly came of the uh, the lawsuit. I think it was settled out of court, which tells me if it's settled out of court, she probably received compensation for it. But anyway, in the video that she put up, I mean, she specifically stated she wanted her brain sent to Boston. So she clearly believed that her mental health issues were the result of multiple concussions and perhaps CTE and whatever else. And and it's a horrible story. And uh, Mick Foley here wrote, A terrible loss for her family, friends, and wrestling. She was far ahead of her time in our business. If you're hurting and thinking of doing harm to yourself, please know that help is available. The number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. And we had, I mean, there were many, many, there's people in the chat, there was people on our board, there's people on Twitter that, that have talked about how they felt this way in their lives, and they are suggesting, obviously, if you're, if you're feeling like this, call the helpline, call friends, get some help, uh, do not consider yourself to be a burden, get some help, and, and that's the... A story of many of these stories, unfortunately. And the, the highlight, I think, of Daphne's career, and uh, and it is a highlight because this was during the 2000 WCW era. And if you watch 2000 WCW, it was bad. 1999 WCW, it was bad. 1998 WCW was getting bad. But 99 and 2000 were the peak of this was horrible. Just a terribly booked, horrible promotion. And if you could be a standout during that period, if you could be one of the highlights of WCW during that period, then you were, to me, a big success. And the Daphne Crowbar-David Flair pairing. Whatever you want to say about David Flair as a wrestler... I mean, that's fair, because he was a very bad wrestler. But the fact of the matter is, how could he have been a good wrestler? Like, he was there because he was Ric Flair's son, and they threw him out there. He had very, very little experience. He had to learn on national television. There were many bad matches, but there were also there were also glimmers of the fact that he was a flair. And as a performer in the ring, 
not exactly not exactly the best, but as a performer who could do the crazy David Flair role, uh, which was a takeoff from his his father, the the segments that were done with Crowbar and David Flair and Daphne, they were a lot of fun. And if you go back and watch them, they were they were one of the few things in WCW at the time that you could actually look at and say, you know, this is this is not bad. And they had a lot of fun doing it, and they entertained fans. And I would say that this was uh, the peak of, of well, I mean, all of their careers, because David Flair, I mean, as soon as WCW ended, I mean, it was only a few years later that he was completely out of the business. And Daphne came back, and, you know, she did some fun things in other promotions, but, I mean, the most notable national promotion that she worked in after World Championship Wrestling was TNA. And unfortunately there... I mean, it was just one disaster after another. So, all of this stuff is up on the on the uh, WWE Network or Peacock or whatever it is now. You can go up there and you can look at some of the fun things that they did in World Championship Wrestling. And it was it was a highlight of a very very bad time in World Championship Wrestling. So, um, let me go ahead and um, get into this a little bit more um, while I got some time. Um, let me look into some information that I found. So we're talking about what happened with Daphne, right? Now it says here, uh, a former professional wrestler for WCW is dead after she posted a disturbing video to social media in which she appeared to be issuing her last words while holding what looked to be a small handgun. According to multiple reports on Thursday, she was uh, on multiple. T- uh, she was 36. A spokesman for the uh, Winty County Medical Examiner's Office confirmed the death uh, from TMZ Sports, but uh, but did not reveal the cause of the matter. Uh, who uh, Unger, who is also known as Sharon uh, Splatter, was reportedly found dead from uh, an apparent suicide. Her friend and wrestler um, uh, Lexi Lexi Fife um, told the Daily News on Thursday, which was uh, as this episode is being released on Friday. This was uh, actually being released on Thursday, so. Uh, it's sad. It's really, real sad right here. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, it's it's really sad when when something like this happens. Um, now, just kind of give you a brief story because uh, I kind of have my own version of the story. Uh, not not that I know the whole story, but I think it kind of connects. So I wake up in the morning and I'm I'm fixing to go ahead and take off, go to work, and everything else like that. And there was a um, I go to my Instagram, right? And I would usually see uh, my pictures and pictures of other things that I see. And if you look right above it, you'll see like all of the stories, right? From Instagram, you know how you punch in and you see all these stories that come up on, on someone's feed. And you'll see one that blinks that say live, right? Now, apparently, this, because this is, this happened like right around a few hours, like almost I would say. If I were to name the time and place, I gotta say it was probably around maybe seven or eight o'clock in the morning when this was happening. 
and I wasn't really paying attention to it that much, but I remember seeing the live feed. I was working, uh, I was working for several hours, I was over at Beeville, and we were on our way back to Corpus, and right around 11 or 12 o'clock, all of a sudden, I've gotten all of these emails, and I've gotten several text messages uh, telling me and informing me about what happened to Daphne, and I was thinking about that, and I was like, what happened? She passed away, and I'm like, wait a minute. Are you serious? She fucking passed away. And 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 keep in mind, this was around 7, 8 in the morning, right? And she was still alive, but I didn't know what was going on. Now, on the New York Post, and I think I, 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 think I could probably pull this up, but I can't. But on the New York Post, I saw somebody had showed a clip of Daphne, who was in a room apparently by herself. I think there was a cat somewhere close by, and... She had some disturbing words to say. I'm not sure exactly what the words were, but I saw the video. Uh, this was apparently the live feed that happened on Instagram. So when it happened, I was in complete shock. I wasn't sure exactly what took place, but it was just insane about what happened. I mean, I when I heard when I heard something about a handgun, I was like, what? And this was a real sad thing here, guys. And, and you know, you know, you know, these wrestlers go through a lot of stuff in their lives. And while some may have it good in pro wrestling, others don't have it so well. And I would say Daphne would be one of them. And you know, for some, I mean, this woman went through a lot of stuff. I mean, I remember seeing her career back in WCW a long time ago. Uh, I saw her run in TNA. She did well. Uh, they were talking about that infamous match that I heard about, and I did see it, and um, and it was it was sad. I mean, she went through a lot of shit. She went through a lot of shit, and for this for this woman to go ahead and take her own life and 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 I'm not saying she did uh because we because suppose like I said in here the supposedly they said that they saw a handgun in her hand on the video so we haven't seen the video yet and um you know I'm trying to look at some information about this to see if you know what happened but nonetheless guys I, I'm almost down to a minute right now so let me go ahead and get this out to all of you that suffer a problem and to all of you that, you know, if you feel the need to get some help, do it. Go get some help. Talk to your friends. Talk to your, talk to your family. Don't feel, don't feel like you have to end your own life because you got nothing going for yourself. I mean, I've, I've had friends that have been through this whole situation before and sometimes I try to get to them and I try to help them out as much as I can. And then there are others that you know, you wish you could help him out and you wish you could find a way to save him, but unfortunately it's too late. But it's not too late for you. My advice, if you have a friend that's going through this problem, that is going through, feel like they're burdened and feel like they need help, please help them. Please help them. Do what you can. Help them out as much as you can. And please don't end up like what happened to Daphne. All right? And it's not just about wrestling. This is about everyone's life involved. Because you never know, you never know when the next person could be gone. Please help them. Please be there.